One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love on Radio Glamorgan. My guest on this edition of Music Was My First Love is radio broadcaster with a rather extensive CV. Metro Network, Touch Radio, Real Radio, Valleys Radio, Scarlet FM in Hanachli, Traffic Link, Inric, Swansea Sound and Greatest Hits Radio. I feel this may be a very long show. I am, of course, talking about Dave Brooks, the current host of the 1 till 4pm slot on Greatest Hits Radio. And with much to talk about, we'll hear from Brooksy after his first choice, which is from d Reed. Dave Brooks, at long last, welcome to Radio Glamorgan and Music was my first love. Andrew, thank you very much for having me on. I, I love your introduction. When <laughs> I heard you laughing. Where I've worked, and <laughs> you then say, I think this could be a long show. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, he's obviously heard my links. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your first choice, Dave, from D Ream. Oh, well, do you know what? Um, I, I remember when when we were speaking to each other a couple of weeks ago about about the show and um, and you said yeah you know make your songs uh, about moments in your life etc that particular song represented um quite an important period in my life back in 97 because i remember the song came out i think it came out first of all in in 93 then it was remixed in 94 and then it was back out again reissued in 1997 um, and 1997 was one of those years where a few things hadn't gone according to plan, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the job, in terms of other things as well. But then the song stuck with me. Um, and 1999 really is the focal point of why I've chosen that particular song. If Anything can go wrong um, or against you in a certain year. It certainly did in 1999. Um, I lost my my father. Um, I lost my mother. Uh, in, in effect, my, my parents mm. uh, went about four months apart, I think it was. On top of that, I remember I was working for, you mentioned in your intro, Touch Radio at the time. It was also the year when... Uh, the company we were under ownership, I think it was at the time of EMAP. We were sold then to Capital. Um, so that particular sale was going through. There were several of us, I suppose, being made redundant, losing jobs. So on top of my parents passing away, I was losing my job. And to cap it all, I had my car stolen, would you believe, while... I was actually on air, and I, oh. I'll never forget the date. It was a Thursday. Don't ask me the date exactly, but I, I remember distinctly it was a Thursday, and I came out. Um, Touch was based in the old West Canal Wharf building. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. that part of Cardiff. Yeah. And, you know, that horrid feeling when, when you come out, if, 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 you know, if any of your listeners have, have gone through this, if you've gone through this, and you'll, you'll know the feeling, you know, you, you, you just think to yourself, hang on a minute, I, I left the car there. No, hang on. Let me just go around the corner because I may have left it. Mm. Nope. Let me just go back to the back car park because I might have inadvertently parked. No, I haven't. And then that horrid sinking feeling sets in that, no, the car has gone. So, mum, dad, or rather dad, mum, the job, the car, in that order. And that song literally 
just stuck with me. And I, I just remember as well hearing it a lot in 97, in 98, and of course in 99 because it was still relatively fresh. And it's basically, D-Reamers has stuck with me ever since. And when I hear it, um, do you know what? It's funny. Um, I thought I was uh, I thought I was a big, strong lad. But, you know, when I do hear the song, it does bring a tear to the eye sometimes. And I'm I sure cannot help just absolutely blasting it out. If I'm driving, let me just apologise to anybody now. If you hear that song at full whack when you're, when you're next to me at the lights, that's probably the reason why. It's just, I think the lyrics... And the song is just meant for for moments like that. And that's why I, I picked that song. Somebody said to me once that you should have a positive thinking song. If you're feeling down, there's one song that you go to. For me, it's not necessarily for the lyric just because it sounds good for me. It's, it's either Born to Run or yeah. Boys Are Back in Town. So yeah, I, is that your positive thinking song? Totally. I mean, I've, I've got others. If you're putting me on the spot, I cannot think at the moment, but I've got, I've got loads of positive thinking songs. But, but that particular one, I think solely by the title alone. Um, you know, and, and when... Eh, God, in 99, I, I sort of reached a bit of a... I suppose a bit of a crossroads. You know, it, it was like going through stages. It, it was May time of my dad... Uh, Mum was gravely ill, then we had news on the job, then the car went, then I had to explain everything to Mum, and then Mum, um, I just think she basically, you know, gave up because she was effectively Dad's carer for mm. about four or five years after he had a stroke back in 92, 93. And there was some sort of, it was strange when Mum went, it, God, dare I say this, there was some sort of, I suppose, a bit of relief in a way because then I thought, well, it's me now. I've got no brothers and sisters and, you know, and I wasn't obviously married at the time. But then I thought, it's just me. You know, I don't have to look out for anybody else. I'm, I'm looking out for myself. And that was easier to do that than be looking out for my mum, given how, I suppose, vulnerable she felt. Mm. And, um, and yeah, and that song, Things Can Only Get Better... When, when you're faced with, you know, sort of big life moments like that, I, I just thought it was very apt. You talk about your mum and dad. Was there music being played when you were growing up at home? Uh, do you know what? I mean, music filled the house. Dad especially. I mean, when, when you talk, you know, of parents who are Welsh, but we were living in Cornwall, funnily enough, because they moved to, um, they moved to Lewin, Cornwall, basically for dad to take up a job a year before I was born. Um, so Lou in Cornwall until I was 18, and then I effectively came back home. But, yeah, while we were in Cornwall, I think they missed Wales greatly. You know, any chance of when Wales were playing a rugby international, uh, Dad, I, I mean, you know, I'm talking parents who instilled <laughs> in their only son... You know, now, you, you need to be polite, do not swear. Mm -hmm. That all went out the window when Wales were playing rugby, <laughs> because my, my father would automatically... Do you remember when Dr. David Banner turned into the Hulk and yes. then he went and the shirt got ripped <laughs> off his back? And that was my dad. If Wales were losing, don't go anywhere near Derry, whatever you do, because things won't turn out quite pleasant. Um, and, I mean, he was just... He was into all sorts of music, but, but more than anything, Welsh choirs, um, you name it, he was into it. Mum, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin... Sammy Davis Jr., Neil Diamond. Oh, she was a massive Neil Diamond fan. Uh, never got to see him, but yeah, we, we were literally, we were a household uh, full of music. And actually, Andrew, um, full of 
varied music too. Um, and I actually like quite a lot of what my mum liked. Actually, like quite a lot of what my dad liked as well. Um, I don't think they perhaps felt the same way about what no, I liked. Probably um, not. Yeah, but but music in the house was was very very important. And were you listening to particular DJs on the radio? Do you know what? Yeah, when when I was growing, I mean, when I was growing up, it, it was effectively Radio One and Radio Two. Oh, I mean, my my staple when when I was a child. Do you know I can almost remember uh, the schedule now? Simon Mayo on the Radio One Breakfast Show. Then from about nine nine thirty, Simon Bates with the Golden oh, Hour. My our tune, which was which was just um, required listening. Mm -hmm. Gary Davis. Uh, and his little bit in the middle from around a quarter to one through until three. How sad is this that I'm remembering? No, I do as well. Times. Yeah. Uh, Steve Wright in the afternoon, who's still doing the business on Radio 2 today. Yep. Uh, Bruno Brooks uh, was on at around a quarter to six. Um, and then the memory gets a little bit hazy. Radio 2 um, was, was, was still, I suppose, in its sort of elder phase, if, if you know what yeah. I mean. So I was sort of, I wasn't, as much a listener of Radio 2 as I was of Radio 1, but then through the sort of the late 80s into the 90s, that all changed with, with, with Wogan, uh, the likes of Jimmy Young. To, to listen to Wogan and Jimmy Young do their handover. Oh, that was, was, that was my yeah. favourite part of radio. Yeah, it was, was just, you know, it, it's totally, totally random, totally mm -hmm. off the cuff, totally controlled, and, and, and just, again... You know, it, it was just required listening. So, um, yeah, uh, listening to Terry Wogan, who, who, for my money, was the master, mm -hmm. you know, and then Jimmy Young, and, and now, consequently, Ken Bruce has, has taken over Jimmy Young's mantle as well. You know, just, um, just just to listen to those broadcasters was great. And then, of course, there were, there were local broadcasters on BBC Radio Cornwall, BBC Radio Devon. I always remember um late night south west which was a local opt-out show chris langmore presented that that name might not mean too much mm, to no. too many people but this is you know this is when bbc local radio started and i was an avid listener of our local commercial as well which at the time before pirating cornwall was plymouth sound um you know one of the old commercials which which had launched back in the 70s so um a lot of radio listening and a lot of listening to music too. Just you, very briefly, you, you talk about uh, the Terry Wogan and Jimmy Young handover. One of my favourite bits was when it was Terry Wogan handing over to Ken Bruce and it always felt like there was a competition between them to see who could mention Jimmy Young's name first. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And it was also great listening to, to Ken and to Terry on a, on a Monday morning after... The five or the six nations the weekend before. Oh yeah. if Scotland had lost, if, if Ireland <laughs> had lost, it, it was just it was just superb. Um, I think the most touching handover I heard was their first handover after the death of Diana. As hard as it was, was was just absolutely perfect. And yeah. I think when you hear things like that, you then realise that's why these guys are on Britain's biggest radio absolutely. station doing what they do. Your second choice, Dave, is the most chosen band or artist in almost 60 editions of music. It was my first love, The Beatles, but yeah. a first-time pick for this track, so why Get Back? Do you know what? Short and simple, this was number one the very day that yours truly was born. And I think if you're doing a show like this and, and you're looking back on, on hits that mean something to you, surely you've got to have the number one on your birthday, haven't you? <laughs> 
when did the itch come that uh, wanted to take you into broadcasting? Oh, good question. Um, do you know what? I, I don't suppose I had the, the bug, um, as they call it, until around, was it the late 80s? Um, late 80s, early 90s, maybe? Um, do you know what? As you, as you get older, the, the memory sort of fades, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember I, who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this program is again, what is it? Um, yeah, it was it, it, the 80s, 90s. I, th- I think because of listening to so much radio as I did um, and, and listening to so many different stations, I, I always held in wonderment these presenters who, you know, could be absolutely anywhere, but they were in your ears all the time and in your head, you know, and... Yeah. Um, I, I was like thinking, God, that that oh, I'd love to do that one day. Um, and I always had, I suppose, like like any little boy growing up, um, a selection of careers. I wanted to drive a train, um, and I wanted to drive a bus, um, and I wanted to be on the radio, um, and then I wanted to be a spaceman, and and then all of a sudden, um, I started to to get a little bit more sort of boring then, and think, oh, maybe you know, my dad wants me to become an accountant. He gave me golf lessons as well. He said, oh, you know, go get try and get into golf, and I was rubbish at that, so that didn't. Uh, that didn't work out. Um, but I was, I think I was away in university, to be honest, Andrew. And I, I just sort of, you know, kept thinking, you know, wouldn't mind doing a bit of hospital radio. Um, it was certainly when I was in, in college, got involved in a local hospital radio station back home, uh, came away to university in, when was it, September 88, uh, joined the Heath, uh, which is, of course, where, where you're based yeah. now. And I suppose the the rest is history. Just carried on with it. Um, tried to develop my own style. Got to know the desk. What does a radio desk do? How does a radio studio operate? And I, I think once you've dabbled in it, and once you've done bits and pieces, um, you you tend to to get a, a liking for it. And you think to yourself, you know, well, I'd, I'd like to think, well, I'm, you know, I'm okay at this, or maybe other people have thought otherwise. But um, you know, you think, yeah, I've perhaps got a bit of an aptitude to do this i know what that button does i know what that fader does uh, i know a little bit about music um let's take it on from there know a bit about news and sport as well so yeah um it it it, it sort of grew and grew it, it it didn't hit me straight away i've got i've got to get into radio i've got to do that um but yeah it, it grew and um you know, the rest, as they say, is history. You, so you started the broadcasting career with Metro Networks as the famous eye in the sky. How did uh, the foot in the door come about? That came about, well, funnily enough, I was I was working for the council, uh, South Glamorgan, at the time. I'd, um, I think I'd, but I'd left uni, I think. Yes, I had. So this was around 1993, uh, And I'd actually popped into... The hospital, I was doing hospital radio at the time at the Heath, and it was obviously called Radio Glamorgan then. And I popped in one afternoon, one evening, I think either to pick up some mail or, or do something. Anyway, and I checked the answering machine uh, that was in the corner, and there was a voicemail left by this particular company. Uh, they were called they were called Metro Networks. And it, it just said, you know, we're, we're a, a company, a media company. We're based in Bristol. We're looking for somebody to fly around in a plane and provide airborne traffic reports for local radio stations across South Wales. And I thought, wow, that sounds a bit different. But at the time, 
Um, I didn't sort of keep that to myself. I decided to share it just to think maybe, you know, some of the other members of the team would, would want to go for it. Anyway, um, nobody jumped. Uh, so I sort of found out a little bit more about uh, the business, about the job. They invited me over to Bristol for a chat. As a consequence of that chat, they then asked me to provide some sort of demo. So I had to do or devise a, a traffic and travel uh, demo, you know, made up travel, I suppose, uh, sent that across to them. They then invited me to have a fly around in an aeroplane. <laughs> you know, as, as job interviews go, this wasn't a bad one. No. <laughs> and I spent, oh, they took me up for a good hour. That was to see what I was like um, in, a, in a small aircraft. Um, and I was fine. Uh, I went up with the pilot and the manager of uh, the Bristol office uh, because, um, you know, you find out that they've got various offices across the country. So his name is Joe McGrath and Joe took me up. And then a couple of days later, funny enough, I was at my desk one morning and I was sorting out some sort of paperwork. Um, I think it was some sort of case that one or two members of my team um, in my section were working on, and I, I was doing something on this particular case as well, and the phone rent, and it was Joe, and he said, uh, um, right, he said, uh, to cut to the chase, he said, um, the guys at Seven Sound have heard your demo, they like you. Oh, right, OK. Uh, the guys at Red Dragon in Cardiff, they've heard your demo, and they like you. Oh, right. Um, and the guys at uh, Swansea Sound cool. like you as well. Blimey, right. Uh, so, uh, Dave... Um, do you want the job? And that, and, and that effectively was, was it. And I, I remember at the time, you know, when you're working for local government, the job can be very safe. And you could think, you know, I could be here for the next decade. I could be here for the rest of my working life. But I am denied about it. And I owe a, 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 a lot of gratitude, actually, to a guy called Brian Rich, who was the director of personnel at the time for, um, for South Glamorgan County Council. Not just Brian... Uh, but there was another chap, Mike Granger, who was my, if you like, my section head, and then my immediate boss, uh, Howard Dobson. Uh, would you believe, still in touch with those two today via social media, which is great, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, and so I owe a lot to Brian, to Mike, and, uh, and to Howard as well, because the three of them effectively looked at me and said, get out, go, we know what you're like. You know, we, we know that this is a massive opportunity and I, I couldn't have, you know, thanked them enough. And actually, Brian said, look, he said, why don't you try? He said, we'll put you onto a part time contract because I was obviously full time. Mm. He said, try the job, Dave. He said, if you don't like it, we can always put you back on a full time contract. And I, I, I never, ever in a month of Sundays envisaged that 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 I'd have that opportunity like that. Mm. And, and I owe Brian, you know, so much, bless him, and Mike and Howard as well, because it was, it was actually a bit of a wrench to, to leave there, you know, because you, I, I was working with a great team. Um, and, but I, you know, they, there was this, this, this lure of this job pulling me. And when I spoke, I went round the office and I was asking colleagues, what would you do? What are you, what are you asking me for? I, I'd be gone 10 minutes ago, mm. Dave. You know, so um, it, it was, yeah, it, it was a bit a bit of a wrench to leave there. But um, you, you, you just never know, do you? You know, you've got an opportunity. If you don't take it, you'll never know. No, and you'll always regret it of what might have been. Yep, without a shadow of a doubt. And then, so from Metro Network, uh, you moved to Touch Radio. Again, opportunity more than anything. Um, obviously, you know, my voice was on Touch, having, uh, you know, done the, the travel. Uh, in the plane 
Um, so I wasn't, if you like, an unknown, an unknown quantity. Um, I, I started doing some, some sporadic shifts. They're actually just literally, I remember getting in touch with, with Chris Moore, who was looking after touch at the time. Um, and Phil Roberts, who was in charge of both touch and, and dragon. And I remember getting in touch with Chris and just said to him, look, you know, not that, you know, you, you won't want me. You won't need me probably. Cause I'm sure you've got plenty in your team, but you know, if you, if you need me over Christmas, give us a shout, happy to, to help out. Uh, within a day, he came back to me, uh, Dave, um, can you do four overnights for us between Christmas and New <laughs> Year? No problem at all. That's how it started. So from those shifts over Christmas and New Year, it was then, um, can you do next Saturday night? Yeah. Can you then do Saturday and Sunday two weeks later? To then being given Saturday and Sunday evenings regularly to then in the November, I think it was, of 97, actually being offered full-time evenings. Gary McKenzie, who was... Um, doing evenings on touch was leaving to go to the bbc uh to be um they're called channel directors today i think it was a continuity announcer oh, right time. yeah yeah and gary was leaving um they called me over um Philly, i got out of the plane one morning and i had a message to uh, to call them and i'm thinking oh what have i said what have i said have i have i said something i shouldn't have and uh, i think it was simon walkington who was the then pd and he picked up the phone dave what are you doing tomorrow morning when you get down i said uh probably going back home for a bit of breakfast si, and uh you know a bit of a you know chill before the afternoon shift um can you pop over he said N i've got a proposition for you oh right okay went over the following day and and that was it and it was literally look gary's leaving do you fancy doing evenings for us um Okay, and I remember coming out with, with something ridiculous that, you know, you only do, I suppose, when you're a little bit wet behind the ears. But he said, would you like to do evenings for us full time? And stupidly, I said, that's very kind of you, Simon, but I'm sure you've got other people that have sent you <sighs> applications as well. He said, look at my face. Would you like to do evenings for us? And I went... Yes, please. Excellent. That's all I needed to know, and the rest was, was history. Your third choice, Dave, is a change of pace. In fact, there's a real mix amongst your ten choices. Tell me about Jeffrey Osborne's On the Wings of Love. One of my favourite artists. If you're into sort of soul music like me, uh, a bit of R&B, you've got to have somebody like Jeffrey Osborne on your list. But this particular song isn't just one of my all-time favourites. This particular song was the one that me and my wife danced to on our wedding night. Dave Brooks's third choice on this edition of Music Was My First Love and Jeffrey Osborne. One of the common themes among the local broadcasters that I've had on this series, Dave, has been real radio. Uh, and you were there at the very beginning in 2000, weren't you? What was it like to be the start of something new, exciting? It was a terrific experience. Very exciting, to be honest, and um, I was very lucky, very privileged to be considered, if you like, to work on... Such a big station. I mean, you know, go, going back to 99, 2000, I mean, the radio scene in, in South Wales at the time was, um, if you like, you, you, you had um, a station that catered for South East Wales, which was Red Dragon. 
you had a station which catered for Southwest Wales, which was, what was it called then in 99? Was it Soundwave? But anyway, Swansea Sound was obviously still going um, and their um, FM partner. So I think it was, I think it probably was something like Soundwave, which was on FM at the time. But anyway, you had Swansea Sound, the way for Southwest Wales. You had Red Dragon uh, for Southeast Wales and very little to accommodate the market of, say, the 20-somethings, the 30-somethings, mm. the 40-somethings, and the early 50-somethings. And there, I think, you know, a lot of radio groups sort of recognise that fact as well, and certainly the radio authority, as they were known at, at, at the time, did as well. So, yeah, this um, licence for a South Wales regional came out. I think there were around six or seven that made it through to the the final round and and gmg uh, the guardian media group was was one of them and their proposal uh, to have this station called real radio and i was fascinated by that real radio i was thinking what does real mean you know what what what, what does this concept mean and um you know to cut a long story short i i met john myers who was the chief exec he actually came down i i met him with uh, two of my um, ex-Touch Dragon colleagues, uh, Kev Thomas and, and, and Chris Moore, and John painted this picture, um, who's sadly no longer with us now, God rest his soul. And he was just, you know, an incredible visionary who, you know, let's not forget, he was a businessman at the end of the day too, and but he was a radio man with it. And he had this vision of, yes, we've, you know, we're going to have a radio station, but my God, we're going to have fun with this as well, you know, and... Um, to, 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 to work in that environment at the time and, and to hear what he wanted um, and to hear what his vision was of the station was was really exciting. And I thought, oh, I got my work cut out here then because <laughs> there's only about, you know, probably a couple of hundred people submitting demos and CVs and, and what have you. And I was working at Valley's Radio at the time and um, I recall getting a phone call from John Simons, um, who we all know in the game as Simo and he, he he phoned me up when I was on air and he said um, oh is that Dave Brooks I said speaking uh, I'd like you to play me a song please and I'm, I didn't have a clue who it was and you know I'm pre-recording this off the air now and I said well what would you like and he said well there's a, there's a song out called we're launching real radio this October <laughs> and I'd like to have a chat with you <laughs> <laughs> I fell on the floor with laughter and I, did, I still didn't know who it was Dave it's Simo hello John how are you um, and he just came straight out with it and he said um, tomorrow morning he said, well, he said what time are you in work for and I said well I said I'm on the air at 10 I said I, I really need to be in say by quarter past half past nine you know which wasn't always the case some mornings if traffic was against you yeah. uh, he said um Seven o'clock. He said, I'm in Cardiff tonight. Come and have breakfast with me in the morning. Okay, fine. And that moment then I thought, he's got to offer me something, surely. You know, you don't just go and have breakfast with somebody like that and it's, how are you? Yeah, no problem. Right, lovely. Off you go then. Hope you enjoyed your cornflakes. (laughs) Uh, So I met him. I had a coffee. I don't think I had anything to eat because I was that sort of on edge or or that anxious, you know, meeting somebody who was that renowned, you know, and John had worked at Radio 2 and, and talk radio as well, you know, so, you know, he was a massive player in the industry. Um, and he, he just said, I'd like you to come and do evenings for us. How do you fancy it? I went, wow. Uh, I didn't then say to him, I'm sure you've got other applicants. No, that, you, you know, learned. Yeah, I didn't go back to that line again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, snapped his hand off. And he, he said, would you also consider doing our sports show on a Saturday? Yep, OK, then. <laughs> so I left this meeting you know, um, feeling 10 feet tall. 
Um, and yeah, that was in the what June July time. Uh, the station launched on October the third, um, and it was ju- it was just a terrific experience, Andrew. To you know, to be a part of of, of that station, to be a part really of this huge regional, mm. uh, which was yeah the first of its kind really in 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 terms of I suppose UK radio. Um, and it's you know, and especially for for the Guardian Media Group. But um, yeah, what what a, what a what an exciting time! What a what a terrific time! And you know, being a little bit edgy, being a little bit unpredictable, and and it was just a great experience. The team that we had there was was superb. Um, still keep in touch with uh, quite a few of them to this day as well. Um, and yeah, and and people still fondly remember the real days you know the renegade and risk it for a biscuit and yeah. uh, fiver fever and the real sports phone in and the late night phone in and work your way to the usa and you know these are things that 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 have stuck in people's minds and i you know often think back with 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 fondness blimey if people are still talking about those shows today and perhaps some of those 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 presenters and and those features then you know yeah we, we obviously were, you know, pretty successful. Doing something right. Yeah. For your fourth choice, Dave, you've chosen, I think, a very underrated band, the Kane Gang. number of hits you could have had, but why in particular Motortown? This particular song was... Do you know what? This song... I, I mean, I've picked it because I love it, and I just think... I, you don't hear this song on the radio no. anymore. And, and I find that terribly sad. I always remember... In the summertime of 86, it was played relentlessly. And I was at home. It was school holiday time. So I was off college. Mum and Dad had gone to work. Um, It was one of those rarities where we had about three or four weeks of hot, sunny weather, you know, without any interruptions at all from from rain. Um, And I just remember Wimbledon was on the telly. The sun lounger was out in the back garden. There I was. I was living like Lord and Lady Muck all rolled into one and this particular song was just being hammered to death on the radio and I absolutely love it. Your next choice, Dave, is once again another change of pace uh, from White Snake, and here I go again. Do you know what? I started working for a marketing company back in, oh, when was it? 2013, 14, something like that. I'd, I'd actually left. This is when um, I was leaving real. I was, I, uh, I'd done sort of like, I think, 12 years there in total, 12, 13 years, something like that. And We'd been sold uh, to Global. Now, Global, another big radio player, media player. Uh, they own stations like Capital and, and Heart and, and LBC and, and stations like that. And we were being sold, not only sold, but we were being rebranded as well. And at the time, um, I was doing Saturday and Sunday mornings, uh, which wasn't ideal because the station was taking on uh, what's called more networking, effectively. So programmes were then being done from um, outside of South Wales. It was the way the the industry was going. It was the way that um, that other stations were going too. So I needed to do something else. I saw this job advertised um, with a small marketing company, uh, which involved quite a bit of travel. It involved actually staying away from home 
um, a couple of nights a week. How my wife quite viewed that at the time, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was a good thing. You know, go on, get out. Give me, give me a couple <laughs> of nights peace. Um, but it was too... Literally, it was completely different to what I've done. But um, having a background in, in, I suppose, personnel, human resources, having done a, a business studies degree, uh, perhaps my boss, Paul, had, had thought, yeah, actually, we, we could we could use Dave. You know, he'd, he'd be OK with this. And it was effectively to work with small businesses. And the the company effectively had this seminar. It was a three hour seminar that they would present to vets dentists restaurants and opticians um and very briefly it was a case of that these small businesses were were being brought out by big players so if you were an optician for example um and you were either selling up and moving on um or you were just selling up you'd be perhaps bought out by spec savers so it was it was that job mm. and what we were trying to do was tell these small businesses no you can make a go of it on your own you you can still remain independent and you can still thrive um, but what Paul and his team found this was before I joined was a lot of these businesses they did very little social media so they did hardly any Twitter any Facebook Instagram uh, they did very little social media marketing a lot of them didn't even have websites so that was our opening and what we did was we were the company that was there to help them, to help them grow, to help them keep their um, clients, to expand their client base, um, and to actually get in more clients. Now, this is where the song comes in, because I used to leave home every Sunday afternoon, sometimes on a Monday morning, depending on what the, the seminar take-up was for the week ahead. But a typical week for me, um, and I was travelling by train most of the time, I'd, I'd leave home, say late Sunday afternoon, four or five o'clock-ish, I'd get on a train with my case for the week, with my work stuff as well, and I'd perhaps say, I don't know, go to Nottingham. And I'd be there Sunday night and Monday night, and I'd leave there Tuesday afternoon, having done the final seminars in Nottingham, and then I'd catch a train, and perhaps I'd go to Leeds, and I'd be there for a couple of days. I'd do the seminars in Leeds, and then I'd come home Thursday night. I'd have Friday at home, Saturday at home, most of Sunday, and then Sunday I'd be off again. Um, tiring, interesting, challenging. It was, a, it was a really, really good job at the time. But we always had these office meets, these office get-togethers once every sort of two or three months or so. And this particular song became my signature tune. Not only did I like the song anyway, and again, it's one of those windows down, volume yeah. up when you're driving yeah, tunes. Yeah, but we also, in the office, we also had to attach a song to ourselves. And I said, literally, I got up and I said, well, look, I'm off every Sunday afternoon. And I always say to Helen, here I go again. Music was my first love. Exclusive to Radio Glamorgan. very first song I ever bought I was nine years of age 
1978. You're a music connoisseur, Andrew, uh, so you'll know 78 off the back of your hand as well. But yeah. the, the music in that year was just incredible. But that particular song um, of Sandy and Danny uh, singing about their summer romance. I, I was nine, by the way, so don't worry. There wasn't any summer romance with me when I was nine <laughs> years of age. But that particular song, yeah, was, was just brilliant even for a nine-year-old for goodness sake you know and um and i just remember obviously you know the movie grease the soundtrack to it all the other songs that were involved in the movie but that one the very first song i ever bought and from then on it was basically you you just couldn't stop me you know rivers of babylon boney m came soon after uh what else was there justin hayward yes summer night city abba uh, the police turned up around about then, didn't they, as well? They probably did in more ways than one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sylvester, Herbie Hancock, I thought it was yeah. you. Set that, that era of music from from the sort of the, the glam rock era of the early 70s through really... God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound Dr. Grumpy now. Through to about the mid-90s, maybe the early yeah, 90s. Yeah. That was just an incredible period of, of generating great music. And that was that was the start of uh, big productions as well, people like Jolly and Swain, and, and even yeah. before that, the early 80s, with, uh, with Donald Fagan's The Nightfly, just yeah. really strong, heavy production sound. Yeah, and, you know, and it was, it was music. It was, you know, I, I hate to use these, these strap lines. They've become the staple diet in, in many a radio station down the year. Um, and you know what? we actually use this at Real Radio and, and <laughs> when we had an email going uh, this is the strapline we'd like you all to adopt um, I just thought no, no guys uh, music you just have to sing along to but you know what yeah. that song was a song you had to sing along to yeah. and it, it, was, it was just from an era of, of when music was feel good uh, it was just superb yeah the very first song that I ever bought, and I think I bought it for something daft, like 20 pence or something like that. Uh, they saw you coming. <laughs> like, yeah, they did. <laughs> Dave, after stints at Scarlet FM and Traffic Link, uh, you then went back for a few years to Real Radio, where you first came across um, a young, very wet behind the ears, Jamie Pritchard, current host of Drive Time on the Wave and chairman of Radio Glamorgan. So I've got to ask, while I've got you here, what was this spotty 22-year-old really like? Uh, don't have a clue who you're talking about. Who's he then? Uh, well, he says he knows you. Is he just name dropping? <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I I do remember Jamie. Yeah, and and fair dues. You know what what he's done with um with the station is is nothing sort of awesome. And um you know and my heart goes back to Radio Glamorgan when when I was there. So um good old you know good on Jamie for for doing what he's done and 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 for how he's he's sort of. Um, developed the station and you know built a, a solid team around mm. it. Yeah, I, I remember he, he he came into real. I, I remember him. He what, what what was he like? Because I think he started um, producing with us um, and what we would call um, toing or, or tech hopping. So in other words, if if you were out, um, you know he he he'd drive the desk. I know that he he ran the phones on some of our phone in shows like the sports phone in. At the late night phone in, yeah, a guy who who really wanted to help was keen as mustard, um, was 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 a really nice guy, and you know, and we we 
clicked a friendship there, and you know we got to know each other, and um, you know he, he knew he knew his stuff as well. I'm thinking that's that's great because you know it's important if if you go into I suppose any walk of life in this day and age or any day and age really, and and you want to get into some sort of industry, it always helps I suppose if you know a bit you know about the industry mm. that you're going into and and he certainly did and i i think that helped as well and um you know i i you know we said to him look if you think that you know we should take that caller before that one flag it up tell us you know and um yeah it was it was great to have him um at real with us um and no surprises what he's done with uh, with radio glamorgan at all or indeed his um, his broadcasting career um, I mean, I'm still at home at the moment, but, you know, we, we've shared many an afternoon at, um, at Swansea Sound and the Wave because he's been on the Wave and I've been on, on the other side, if yeah. you like. Swansea Sound, now, now greatest hits radio. For, since Christmas time, I've actually been working uh, from home because of the pandemic. Yeah. But, yeah, when, when I was there, um, it would always be a case of, right, who's, who's done the most tea runs this week? Though? Because <laughs> where, where, where the studios are in, in Swansea, You've got to go upstairs. The kitchen is actually um, upstairs. But we'd see each other through the glass. How can I describe it? Um, Our views about how things should be done, very similar. Um, Our outlook as to how things should be done, very similar. So um, without saying too much, we would have a nod and a wink in in our directions as if to say, yep, I know exactly where you're coming from. But yeah, no, he's he's done a great job with uh, with Radio Glamorgan. And, um, you know, and and here's to a successful broadcasting future for him if he wants it, if he wants to stay in the game, you know, and I'm, I'm sure he will. Is it true then that a few years later, whilst Jamie was at Imrics, he gave you the heads up of a job going there? He did. Um, and again, you know, kudos to Jamie for doing this. It was I'd left the the marketing company, um, which was which was called Growth actually, Growth UK. And um, what what happened? Basically, my job was was dependent on on the company filling the seminars. And I think we entered a period then. Um, not just with the business, but but I suppose with with work, with with life in general, where a lot of people, a lot of opticians, vets, restaurateurs, dentists, etc., perhaps thought, "Ooh, okay, right, that's that's a good seminar there, um, and that's a program that yes, that that we could certainly do with." But they probably thought, maybe, um, that we can do that certainly cheaper, so we won't need growth. And what we found. Um, over the course then of the preceding you know few months few weeks that followed was um, I wasn't needed so I'd get a call on on the Sunday saying don't don't bother going to Bradford tomorrow or Southampton because we've had to cancel the seminars oh right okay uh, what about Tuesday no um, Tuesday similar thing there uh, don't bother coming in because we we've had to cancel uh, Tuesday as well and this got to be a little bit worrying then and because you start to think, oh, blimey, you know, are we going to get any more people coming mm. to the seminars? And, you know, and the numbers gradually dwindled and dwindled. And it, I mean, I met Paul in the September of the year that I finished, which was, I think, 2014. Um, we had a coffee. I met him in Birmingham, actually, uh, at New Street Station. Uh, what a lovely place that is. And um, we, we had this coffee there at, uh, at the state. And he said, Dave, you know, he said, look, it's not it's not looking great. You know, we've got very few people turning to seminars. He actually offered me a job inside the company, but it would have meant two things. One, um, taking a greatly reduced um, salary. And secondly, moving up to Northampton. And at the time, 
Um, I didn't really feel that taking a drop in salary was <laughs> what I wanted to no. do. And I certainly didn't feel that uh, a move to Northampton was what I wanted. We kept in touch. You know, he's, he's, he's a great guy. He subsequently sold the company, I think, about a year after because literally, you know, the seminar uptake just sort of dwindled. And, um, you know, and I think they looked at other ways of, of, of trying to do what they were doing. So, yeah, it was a great shame that, you know, that that job faded out. But um, then... Jamie got to hear about that um, through various means or another, and then he said, "Look, you know, do you do you fancy you know coming back and, and doing some shifts uh, with us at Inricks? I know it's probably not what you want." And I said, "Yeah, please, okay." Because I think, like I said, you know, you, you allow yourself a few weeks to get back on the horse, as they say, you know. And when you start sending job applications out left, right, and centre, and then you don't hear, it starts to get a little bit tiresome, and yeah. it starts to get. Um, a bit demoralizing too um, and I thought you know this is a clean break of me moving away from radio and I, I was sort of happy to go off in a totally different direction um, but you know he had other ideas got me back and of course it happens doesn't it you start going back and you do you know a few hours each day and then it gradually builds and builds and builds and builds before long you know I'm back there full time doing nine, ten hour days sometimes. And that then leads on to Swansea Sound. Swansea Sound becomes JHR. It's, it's fascinating when, mm. you, when you go through life and go through your professional life, just how many twists and turns sometimes careers can take. Choice number seven next. Tell me about Tones and I and Dance Monkey. Pretty simple on this one. Um, we'd been trying for a baby um, for many a year. It wasn't happening. Um, we then decided, Helen and I, that the route that we would go down would be IVF. Um, and I think that if anybody listening to this has gone through, you know, the IVF route, you'll know exactly where I'm coming from. Um, just a roller coaster of a run. Uh, one week we were up, then we were down, then we were up, then we were down, without going into obviously the you know the nitty gritty. Mm. But it it leaves you feeling drained. It's fascinating today in terms of how medical science has evolved um, and how it's how it's moved forward um, and all of a sudden in 2019 in early 2019 after one round of IVF we found that Helen was expecting uh, much to our joy uh, we were completely uh, blown away by this um, and then in November William Dewey was born he is our captain. Um, he is our absolute little legend. But the song, Andrew, um, was this was number one for, for, for years, wasn't it? Uh, Dance <laughs> yes, Monkey. It, it, seemed, it seemed like it was number one for week after week after week, but it was also number one when Will was born. And I thought, well, if it's going to be the day that I was born, it's going to have to yeah. be the day that he was born too. And, and this was number one when he was born. Say, say, dance for me, dance for me, dance for me, oh, oh. I never see anybody do the things you do before. They say, move for me, move for me, move for me, hey, hey. You talked at the beginning of the programme, uh, Dave, about your parents. Did they see uh, much of your career? Mum... Sort yeah, the the start of it, I suppose. Uh, so, Mum, what was I? I was thirty 
uh, when mum and dad went 1999. See what you're doing now. You're going, he's, he's never that old, surely. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I'm giving my age away now, aren't I? So, um, yeah, I was 30, 1999. So they knew that I was in the plane. They experienced me being up in the plane doing traffic and travel. Uh, they knew that um, I'd obviously done hospital radio, so uh, I'd bored them senseless with that. Hmm. Um, and then I'd bored them senseless by telling them that I'd been offered touch radio evening. So, yeah, 1999, um, they didn't see me, or I suppose uh, they weren't around when I was on, on Valley, certainly not on Real, right at the start of my career. What would they think today? Knowing my mum and dad, uh, they'd be proud as punch. Uh, my mum would still say to me, when are you getting a proper job? Mm-hmm. And my dad would still say to me, are you sure you don't want to take up golf or become an accountant? <laughs> but they would be absolutely over the moon that, um, you know, that, that I've you know, had the run that I've had. I, I mean, I still think today I've been in this, this game 20-odd years, no, 25 years, I think it is, still getting away with it. So... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the, you know, I'm sure not the first. I won't be the last. You need a lot of luck as well. Um, and I like to think and that I've, uh, that I've had the luck too. Let's jump up to date now. And in 2020, you were part of the launch of the, I have to say, excellent Greatest Hits Radio in South Wales. Uh, and you're hosting weekday afternoons one till four. How did the move to GHR come about? Very well, to be honest with you, quite quite seamless because we were um, Swansea Sound. Uh, we were up for sale. I, you know, and I'd gone through this before when when Real was was sold. So, you know, you're expecting a sort of twelve to eighteen month, perhaps a two year period of that Swansea Sound finish. Now this is Greatest Hits Radio starting. So the bit in the middle, which is what is called hold separate when you're sort of a little bit in limbo, is always, you know, quite um, an unpleasant affair because you're not quite certain what's going to happen, whether, you know, your new company, your new owners, your new bosses are going to like you um, and are going to want you to be a part of the team. Fortunately and thankfully, uh, the team were. Uh, So I must say thank you, Gary Steen and Graham Bryce. Uh, and Andy Ashton and the rest of the chaps and the chapesses, they may be thinking, that's fine, Dave, but um, two months' time, you may not be saying this. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the nature of the beast. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a year now since we've been Greatest Hits Radio. It was very seamless. You know, you, you radio stations tend to do this thing where, you know, you, 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 you don't go crash, bang, wallop, right, that was Swansea Sound that finished at two minutes to midnight on a Sunday, and now it's two minutes past midnight on a Monday morning, and this is Greatest Hits Radio. You do it very gradually, so the the sweepers and the jingles gradually change. Mm. The sort of the, the tone of the music, that perhaps may, may shift a bit as well. Um, and just the way that, that things are, are done, um, how we present. So it was, yeah, very seamless, quite straightforward. Obviously stressful because, you know, I won't lie, there, there was perhaps um, a chance that, that I wouldn't have been part of GHR along with some other colleagues. So when they decided that they wanted to keep that, uh, that daytime lineup, it was um, relief all relief. around. And, and here we are virtually, yeah, a year on. And um, I, I, you know what? I think it sounds great. You know, the biggest songs of the 70s, the 80s and the 90s, 
Um, and we're giving big cash prizes away every day too. Um, I've tried to disguise myself to win, but I've never achieved that. Yeah, I've, uh, I've not had the call yet. Something's wrong. No, no, <laughs> something's definitely wrong. And I sort of, you know, enter about 80 times a day. No, um, but yeah, it's 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 great. And, um, you know, and long may it continue. Well, I had Terry Underhill on this series of Music Was My First Love. I thought he'd have done me a favour, but it, obviously he? not. Oh, he gets up early. You know, you're probably still asleep, aren't you? He gets here, there and everywhere as well, doesn't he? But I, one thing that I, that's come over since we've been chatting um, is that, in, I don't know whether it's just in South Wales, but in commercial radio, there seems to be, it's very business-led, there seems to be a lot of changing hands, you know, changing names, you know. What, do you mean ownership? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when you think about it now, um, we've, well, we've got, what have we got? We've got Bauer, who own us, mm-hmm. uh, our parent, we've got Global. So you tend to think that there's there's not many um, owners of stations. Now we, we you know we now have two or three big players that that tend to own um, you know the radio stations. It's all about I suppose Andrew. It's all about branding, yeah. Really now, and and all about a particular brand. And I always liken this particular industry to the food industry, the fast food industry. You know, not in terms of. I want something quick and I want it fast. But in terms of what you want, if you want a Big Mac, you go to McDonald's. If you want a foot-long roll with salad mm-hmm. and tuna mayo, you, you go to Subway. You don't go to Subway um, and expect a chicken burger. And it's a little bit like that with the way that radio stations are now owned and you know the way that they're structured. The 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 bottom line obviously in commercial radio it is a business Um, and first and foremost um you know the main thing that 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 matters is a return on investment for the investors um that that clients are paid their message gets out there um and that the station's advertising revenue is good because it is all based on on advertising that is really the bottom line and and i suppose um, guys like myself and my colleagues, it's it's our role to provide the connecting little bits between the music and, of course, the the advertisers. And I suppose we are the link between the listener and the advertiser. It it is business like it. It's not what it was like in the seventies and the eighties, but like with any other industry, times change and absolutely. You know, and you, industries change as well, and you have to change with them to keep up. Of course, you do. Tell me about your excellent eighth choice, Dave, from the Star Council. What a banger. What a banging tune. Love Paul Weller. I love his edginess. I love his I couldn't give a monkeys. Um, I, I, I just love everything about the guy, the way he is, his music. This particular song, I always go back to, um, you know, where I was when, when, when I first heard it. And, and this was out in, um, in 1985. Um, and... It was effectively exam time. And if ever there was a song, Andy, that I needed to get me through the exams, it was this one. Now, this isn't your first return to Radio Glamorgan, is it, Dave? No, it's not. I've, um, I've been speaking to uh, Luke. Uh, Live Luke, as uh, as Luke is known, um, and uh, I, had a, I had a very good chat with Luke. Actually, funnily enough, a couple of nights ago, 
Um, so um, yeah, that was that was great. But um, you took part in the ma- in the marathon broadcast. Uh, well, I think it was before my time, but it was for the fiftieth anniversary. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, with with Jamie, um, and uh, there were one or two others, and, and dear old John as well, of yeah. course, who, who 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 I got to know, and and obviously the um, you know your main studio um, is named after John yes, as well, uh, which is which is such a nice touch. Um, yes, I <laughs> you're right. I was slimmer in those days as well, um, <laughs> and 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 not as grey. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just fantastic. And and I you know I keep saying to Jamie, look, you know, any 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 time you want me to pop my head through the door, the window. Um, to impart words of wisdom or, or take part in something if you're raising uh, if you're raising money for for what is a fantastic cause just let me know it's always a pleasure to come back lovely a short and beautiful choice for your ninth uh dave uh, from i guess the last of his kind in his generation tony bennett tony bennett oh god where do i begin and you know you asked me earlier about my my mum and dad and and he was another one but but the song from Tony Bennett that I've chosen has actually, I don't want to obviously get too sort of downbeat and morbid on this, but this has been played um, at two funerals that I've been to over the years for friends' parents. And, you know, when I heard it the first time years and years ago, fell in love with it. When I heard it again, I fell in love with it. When you hear it at funerals, you start to think, you know, yeah, this is this is true. And I suppose it, it uh, the lyrics... Um, means so much as well you know oh the good life full of fun seems to be the ideal uh lets you hide all the sadness you feel how true is that um mm. and not only is he just a fantastic singer who i could I, I liken tony bennett to an artist who i could listen to all night with a rather large glass of red in yeah. fact no not the glass Bottle. Just a bottle, yes. I shouldn't actually be saying this, should I, when, when this is a hospital radio station. But you know what I mean? You've yeah. got the log fire going, you've got the sun setting, yeah. you've got a glass of red wine on the go, and you've got Tony Bennett doing his thing. Magic. It's the good life To be free And explore The unknown your final choice on this edition of music was my first love, Brooksy, is from Philip Bailey and the brilliant walking on the Chinese wall. You could have had any Earth, Wind & Dryer track. You could have had Easy Lover. So why this one in particular? That one is pretty simple, Andrew. This song, this was after, going back to 1985 again. Um, this was the exams that finished. And I'm thinking, right, OK, that's school finished. And then I end up in hospital with suspected appendicitis. I just remember... It's funny, isn't it, how certain life memories just stick in in, in the mind. Um, And this song, again, I mentioned earlier, I think it was the Kane Gang uh, from 86, uh, Motortown, that was just getting hammered to death on the radio. Uh, I didn't have a problem with that because I loved the song. Um, And this one was exactly the same. And every time I turned the radio on... Walking on the Chinese Wall was playing. It was just one of those fabulous songs that you, well, for me especially, you can't help get drawn into. But it just shared that time where I spent a good couple of weeks in hospital. And, and by the way, it never happened. I never had the appendix out. Right, I, was, okay. <laughs> I, I, was just li- I was just lying there in a bed, you know, sort of like, oh, well, yeah, another cup of tea. But every time I just fancied listening to the radio, in would go the headphones and this song was playing all the time. In a 
relatively short space of time uh you had a long and full career dave we didn't have time to talk about the sports show and and drive time on swansea sound in detail but as you look back is there one thing that you're most proud of or that stands out do you know what i am and and that actually has nothing to do with the job it's basically becoming a dad Mm. um that is the one thing um and I, I honestly think that fatherhood, as fantastic as it is, I, I, all my friends um, used to say this to me. Oh, you know, when you have kids, oh, it changes your life. Oh, it changes your life. You know, yeah, I, I, you know, and you'd think, yeah, I suppose yeah. it does. Until you have them, then you know yeah. how much your life changes. And, and yeah, my, my life has changed. Has it changed for the better? Of course it has, because we've now got Will, and actually we've got baby number two on the way. Oh, lovely. <laughs> In, 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 in a few weeks' time. Through IVF, um, may I ask? Uh, no, do you know what? No, this uh, time through through the natural course. Lovely. Yeah, which which is which is, again, which is just bizarre. That's another half an hour yeah. uh, that we <laughs> that we could talk on that. You know, uh, but I I think you know career wise, there, there there's so many things that stand out. And to be honest with you, I I think um, working alongside you know the likes of John Myers and John Simons, um, which was just a fabulous experience to to work with you know two guys who have who have done so much and to be given an opportunity and to to be thought of by by both of them um that you know that dave's dave's okay you know dave Dave can do a job for Mm. us you know so i you know i i look back with with immense pride on that various things that 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 i've done but certainly uh, becoming a dad, as great as it is, I think is possibly one of the most challenging. Challenging in a nice way, you know, because you want the best for your kids, you want to bring them up the right way. Um, so I, I think becoming a dad, for me, the proudest thing. And professionally, what's the future? You're happy where you are at Greatest Hits Radio? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the, the, the future is do what I do, keep keep my head down, don't annoy anybody. No. And you know, I, I I'm old enough now and, and ugly enough to think. Look, you know, if 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 stations that you work for, if they want to go in a different direction, that that's the nature of the beast. Mm. I'm always thinking, what else is there that I can do? And I don't mean that in 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 a way of oh God, I've got to I've got to get out, I've got to go tomorrow. You know, I don't mean that at all. But I think you've you know you've got to maintain some form of realism. I'm getting older. Um, you know, not necessarily getting wiser, perhaps, but I'm, but I'm definitely getting older, um, and I think you, you do have to think. I'm not going to be doing this forever, so I need to perhaps think of what else is there that I can do. I enjoy writing. I've taught before. I could end up going back into teaching. Um, so there's, there's a few things, but certainly for the immediate future, as long as my bosses are happy, then I'm happy. It's been an absolute joy, Dave. Thanks very, very much. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thanks ever so much for inviting me on. And um, I, do you know what? I really love this. You've been listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan, where Dave Brooks has been choosing ten of his favourite songs. I'm Andrew Wolfe, and join me again soon to hear another guest choose ten of their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love. Music of 
the future.